Okay, hello and welcome along to the RT Soccer World Cup 2022 podcast. Uh, my name is Peter Brannigan and I'm delighted to be joined by RT Sports' Conor Neville and former Republic of Ireland international Keith Tracy. Lads, welcome to the show. Uh, how are we this evening? Keith, Croatia, impressive today. Scored, uh, what was it, four goals? So I suppose a bit of a slow start, but um, with, with that conceding that early goal, but how did you rate them thereafter? Yeah, I thought they were okay. I think Croatia do did what we all know Croatia can do. They, uh, they're they not the best team in the world by, by any stretch of the imagination, but they have some players in there that are just... Luka Modric, you know, I did, everything's been said about him. He's just absolutely evergreen and... It was. I heard somebody today uh, speaking about Ilkay Gundogan and maybe that the. Oh, sorry about the De Bruyne. De Bruyne is speaking about the Belgians maybe being a little bit too old, but you don't hear that coming out of Modric's mouth. He's he's willing to put the Croatian team on his shoulders and say, I, "I'll bring you to it." And yeah, look, he's been absolutely excellent. And even Mateo Kovacic in there. I know he wasn't great the first time for Croatia, but today he was absolutely excellent. Sean why he's at Chelsea. And, yeah, look, I think Croatia will get out of the group. They play Belgium in the last game. I think Belgium will be going home early, if I'm honest. I just think, you know, there, there were so many reasons you can't get behind them. Aldevirel, Vertonghen, no Lukaku, just just not good enough. And people always said, yeah, but De Bruyne, did he have Hazard? It's not the Hazard that, that we know. It's it's not the De Bruyne that's at Manchester City. He hasn't got the runners that he has at Manchester City. So, for me, you know, De Bruyne and Courtois, Two outstanding players in that Belgian team, but other than that, nah, I think Belgium are, are not great. But yeah, look, I think uh, Croatia, very, 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 very good, but I think they'll be undone in the in the knockout stages. Worth noting that Spain have scored um, Murata, I think. And in so terms fun. of, um, yeah, like as you say, Kevin De Bruyne coming out and saying, you know, uh, whatever it was four years ago was, was our best chance, I, I suppose. You have to admire him being so honest, but is, is this the time to be uh, admitting that? No, I wouldn't have thought so. And he he has he, he's such a good player, Kevin De Bruyne. Obviously, everybody knows what he can do with a football. He could he can lay on goals from anywhere. He can pass the ball from, from so deep. But he needs runners. And when when somebody that people look up to within the squad is saying, you know, I don't think we're that good. I don't think we can go that far. That just creeps into. I, I don't want to call him the lesser players, but. Players within the squad would look at it and go, you know, if our star doesn't fancy us, then, you know, where do you go from here? And, you know, I would have liked them come out and, and back the team. And just, you know, even if he knows it's going to fall on deaf ears and he can't go very far, far just back your team and, and give them that bit of confidence. You might get an extra round out of it. But for me, you know, the Belgians all over the pitch, you know, even if the Stein Lukaku might be fit at some stage, He's not the sort of striker that comes in and hits the ground running. He needs a bulk of games to get himself going. So even if Lukaku was to come back fit, yeah, so I, I just think they have problems all over the pitch. No legs at the back. And yeah, Lukaku up front. Look, Mitchy Bashwai is a very good player. I don't think he's somebody who'll win you the World Cup. And, you know, I think I could say that about a lot of the Belgians at the minute. Even Hazard, you know, I, I'd have probably swapped him for Trossard. I think Trossard had an excellent season at, uh, at Brighton, but it's a big, big call to take Hazard out of that Belgian team. But for me, in hindsight, I'd have probably done it. Their yeah, body language looks terrible, though, in these games. I mean, they, you know, you, you, you can tell they're, they're seem to be half interested. And De Bruyne, I mean, that comment is really shocking. I mean, even if you caught it, I mean, to actually voice that before a tournament. I know Vertonghen has, seems to have made reference to them being too old up front. Now, I don't know if that's he's specifying up front, so maybe he's 
it seems to be barbed at what De Bruyne, what De Bruyne has said before the tournament, but all, all, all can't be well there. Uh, you know, in their current state, you wouldn't fancy them taking Croatia, who look far more buoyant and, and together after today. Yeah. And you watched Croatia, Canada today, Connor. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the minute by minute, yeah. Uh, er, there was a sense that Croatia were too old uh, as well, as, as Keith noted. And, and, and after 20 minutes, you were kind of thinking that yourself because Croatia seemed to have them on the rack. Obviously, an early goal, tremendously well taken goal, very powerful header from Davies. But uh, yeah, their 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 enduring quality in midfield really came to the fore. And you saw Modric. Perisic was very good as well. Worth noting, he's he's laid on the first goal for Kramaric. And uh, yeah, I thought Brozovic was good too. I mean, they they're just very slick team, and they could have the Croatians. Uh, kind of lost the head slightly I think towards the end they were overstretching themselves going forward and then leaving massive gaps at the back and every time Croatia broke forward they could have scored and the score could have been six really to be honest and you know um but they'll uh, they still have work to do obviously but uh, on form you'd fancy them to to beat a, a demoralized looking Belgian Belgian team and what about Canada Connor um you know, it's been a long time. Well, it's been 86 since they were last in the World Cup. They finally got their goal, yeah. I suppose. But um, they were... Yeah, they were their well fifth game and they finally scored a goal. So there was that and they were very buoyant after. I, I suspect um, Belgium's general lethargy has probably placed their uh, first performance into perspective. We probably got a glimpse of that with the Belgium losing today 2-0. So in that sense, they're a bit off. I mean, they, they, it's, it's, it's a good achievement from Herdman, the manager, who was at a very... Uh, interesting route to this to this phase i think he was managing the women's team before he took over the canadian men's team they topped the concacaf table and that's a good achievement first world cup since 1986 at uh, that time they didn't manage a goal although they did they weren't hammered in any of the games mind you. but um this time they have scored but it's a bit disappointing i think i think after the, i think they were believing after the first few minutes and i know on rt's uh, analysis beforehand that both Didi and Stephanie Roach thought that uh, Canada, maybe they were conditioned by Morocco just stunning the Belgians. The Belgians, I thought, I think they they thought Didi got it in his head that Canada win by two goals. I think, but uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, Croatia reasserted their authority, and and Canada look, you know, Davis. There's there's some there's some exciting players there, but they they're short a bit in terms of now. So I thought Miller at the back was a very brave player, but his touch let him down on occasion. He, he, in addition to giving away the last goal, he, he nearly gave away another goal after that. But uh, yeah, they, they're just a bit, they were, they were a bit ragged and a bit naive, I thought, in the second half in particular. Looking then at, uh, at Group E, obviously a big result this morning for uh, for Costa Rica getting one over Japan. Uh, Keith, it blows that group wide open again. Uh, Germany, I suppose, even if they, they go on to lose that game, they're still in with a chance of... Uh, of coming out of the group yeah it's um it's it's some of these games you know i think it was uh it was saudi arabia against argentina it was on a couple of mornings ago and i was thinking maybe i could get away with not watching that one and then saudi arabia going beat them i was thinking the same about japan and costa rica and then costa rica going cause an upset so all of these games in the world cup there is upset so you know they all weren't the watching look costa rica weren't great japan weren't really great either but I think it's it's one shot in the two games Costa Rica have had and they've won a game, which is a, a crazy, crazy stat. The, the Japanese goalkeeper was awful. He's, it, it was like a, it's like he tried to whip it to the far post and the keepers jumped expecting like a, a really tough shot 
and he, mm. he's trying to catch it on the way down and it was just all a little bit out of sync and he only got his fingertips to it and pushes it into the top corner. It was fairly poor defending, but look, it's a really, a really exciting group, Group B, and yeah, Germany 1-0 down to Spain now, so they have it all to do in the last game, but yeah, it's, it's uh, Costa Rica, Japan, it's a great group, it's a really, really exciting, you can't take your eyes off any of it, it's um, really exciting stuff at the minute. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned Alice Morocco when we were talking about Belgium. Four points from their first two games. They've, they've impressed so far. Yeah, I really, I do actually like Morocco. They were good value for the win as well. I know uh, like we can sit here and talk about the Belgians not being great, but Morocco, uh, Ziyech on one wing and Bufel, people that know Bufel from the English Premier League, they can be very, very dangerous at times. And with the, they, they were whipping in set pieces and they were really isolating the, uh, the, the Belgian back line, didn't defend it well at all, but they were putting really, really good uh, set pieces in, very strong from set piece situations. Hakimi, the right back, is a decent player as well. So I, I, they're a decent team unit with some some uh, starters sprinkled in there as well. So a lot of high energy as well. The, the climate won't mean that to the Moroccans. So they're just one of them teams. I don't think anybody will fancy them. They're, they're, like, I think everybody going into the Moroccan game, especially the European teams, will think we can we'll, we should beat them. We're, we're, uh, we will be the favourites, but that's not an easy game against the Moroccans, believe me. It's, it's sort of a lose-lose. If you win the game, everybody expects you to win. And if you lose it, you really, really get, get the stick from the, from the media. And do you fancy them to nick that second spot ahead of Belgium? I think so, yeah. I think Croatia will go out and beat Belgium. I think Belgium will go out there and try and prove a point. They'll overreach and Croatia will hit them on the counter-attack. I think Croatia, like I say, they're just one of them teams that... For all the talent they have in the team, you know, we, we spoke about Modric, Kovacic, uh, Kramovic. They're prepared to put the walk in and the hard, hard yards. They'll sit in the low block and then just hit you with a set piece. And like Connor said, with, with Perisic, the delivery, the set piece delivery as well, even if it's nil all or one nil coming into when you haven't really been in the game, they always have a chance to hurt you. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Belgium will probably go out, dominate the ball, have the best chances, but Croatia will just hit them on the counter-attack and, and soak up all the pressure. So, yeah, I, I fancy the Moroccans to get through and the Belgians to go home early. Morocco, by the way, have bewitched all of us. and they've, they've, They did a Gerlach Nan on it with regards to their goalkeeper. They seem to switch him. Um, Munir El Kijui ended up in goal and he, he confused everyone because he replaced uh, Yassine Banu, who seemed to be standing there for the anthems. And there was some sort of uh, confusion about who was actually in goal. I think the BBC uh, had it wrong for most of the first half. So, uh, yeah, Morocco are bewitching everyone. They're surprising everyone. They're catching out commentators. They're catching out the opposition. You know, we'll, uh, we'll see how the Canadians cope with them the next day. <laughs> Moving on to then to tomorrow, four more games tomorrow. Um, I suppose Brazil are the big team that are, are playing tomorrow. And uh, Connor, I suppose many people have made them the favourites. Uh, have you seen them yet in this competition and were you impressed with them the first day against Serbia? Well, I'd be terrible if I said no to that first question and then proceeded to talk about it. I did, I did catch them against uh, Serbia. No, they, 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 uh, they looked pretty impressive. I thought they could have, could have won by more than they did. I mean, obviously it took them a while to uh, bang the door down, but, uh, you know, Serbia were awkward opposition. Uh, I don't see Neymar's absence causing them too many problems for the remainder of the group phase. So, I, I you know, it's all going serenely for them um, in comparison with Argentina, who've obviously um, had a sort of turbulent uh, road so far, even last night included. Uh, so, you know, Brazil, it's all in perfect order, working order for them. I, 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 
The issue with Brazil, as we've noted before, in recent World Cups has been when they've come up against elite European opposition late in tournaments. That's when they've gotten caught out. I mean, the Belgium, Belgians caught them out four years ago in the quarters. 2014 of limited relevance now that that harrowing Germany game. I mean, if they're if if they come up against a France or a Spain or even an England, I suspect they beat England, but a France or a Spain late in the tournament, that's when they're really going to be tested because they have struggled against teams like that uh, in, in recent years. And that's it's going to be a yeah, it'll be a watershed if they can do it, given their their modern history and World Cups over the last 20 years. Sure, and then Keith, uh, Connor mentions elite European teams. Switzerland won their opening game, but I suppose they're not amongst the European favourites. But how good are this Swiss team? Uh, look, individually, they're they're not great. Uh, some of the like Brian Bolo, born in Cameroon, scored a goal against Cameroon the other day. He's a very very nifty player. Then you've got Granit Xhaka behind that. I'm an Arsenal fan. He's been outstanding this season. He, he's rolled that into the World Cup. How well he's playing for Arsenal and. Yeah, there's a you know little granite jacket is still there, although he's not he's not somebody who you'd say is you know up there on the, on the elite level anymore. But he can still do a job for Switzerland, and he seems to turn up and play really well all the time. So the Swiss again are just one of these teams that they, you know they knocked France out of the, the Nations League as well uh, not so long ago. So they are they're a tricky tricky team. So Switzerland. For me, I know people have jumped on the Brazil bandwagon. I know Argentina people were on the Argentina one, and then they lost and. You know, Brazil seemed to pick up the people who jumped off of that. But for me, the Brazilians, look, a good win on the opening day. For me, if they go and, they go and put away the Swiss convincingly, that'll be a decent statement for me. Because with the Nations League getting underway, not, like, we haven't seen the South Americans up against elite, club, uh, elite nations in my eyes. I know they've played each other over there, but we need to see them up against the Europeans. And I think that came into fruition when Argentina were beat by the Saudis after going 26 games unbeaten. That's largely down to the Nations League being played and they're not playing any of the European teams. So, for me, this will be a big, big test for Brazil tomorrow. And if they can do it in decent style playing, because I, I, I find, I think you can you can beat the Brazil team if you frustrate them. I think if, I know Neymar is not playing tomorrow, but I just think there's a couple of them that you can get under a skin and you can annoy them and you can, you know, you can get under them. And yeah, I don't, like, there's teams like France that I think will be really, really hard to beat. But I do think there's a way to beat the Brazilians and, yeah, I think they'll come undone towards the end. And in that same group, you've got uh, Cameroon and Serbia, who obviously have no points going into that game. So a chance for one of them to possibly pick up uh, three points and really get into the mix to get into the last 16. Uh, who out of those do you fancy? Uh, slightly Serbia. I was I was impressed with the Cameroons. I know they got beat against Brazil, but you know it's Brazil at the end of the day. You have to take uh, you have to take that into account. But Serbia for me, oh, sorry, Serbia were beaten by Brazil. I was, I was impressed by Serbia. And, like if they're, they're a lot more than a one-man team. People are saying if they don't have Mitrovic, they're not like they're not, you know they haven't got much of a chance. But Tadic is there as well. Tadic is a very very classy operator. And like I said, I think it's 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 a. I'm not sure of the exact exact stat, but it's in around forty percent of of goals in the at the World Cup will be set pieces. So to have somebody like Mitrovic and somebody like Tadic who can put the ball on a sixpence, it's priceless. It really is. So if you can say stubborn and stay rigid. And not not let teams break you down from open play and play from set pieces. You have every chance that you will get into if you can get to the last sixteen. Anything can happen. So Serbia for me should go and beat Cameroon. It's a lot easier said than done because they are a tough tough team to break down. But yeah, I, I'd go for Serbia in that one. 
And then there's also action tomorrow in uh, in Group H. What about Cristiano Ronaldo, Connor? Is he answered his critics again with his performance in their opening game uh, for Portugal? Is he is he back? Is he can he bring Portugal to a semi final or a final in this World Cup? I don't know about that. I mean, they they looked reasonably good in the, after a sluggish opening in that game. I mean, Ronaldo scored a penalty. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Ronaldo slamming home a penalty at this stage answers answers his many critics at this point. Um, there's very little left to say about Ronaldo. You know, it's you're it's presumably his last World Cup. I mean, you never know with him though. I mean, there's a sort of Tom Brady vibe going on. Maybe he'll be he could be playing in 15 years yet, strolling around the place with people water carriers employed to feed him to feed him the ball whenever he wants it um yeah uh portugal they, they created plenty of chances late in that first game against against uh, ghana although nearly gave, gave it away at the end with uh, some crazy goalkeeping from costa but uh i i i suspect they i mean i didn't really see uruguay and south korea i know nil nil draw um so that group is is Still in the mix. I mean, I wouldn't be that convinced by Portugal based on what I, I've seen of them thus far, to be honest. I, you know, um, I wouldn't be envisaging them as, as likely winners, given all that's... I mean, they, they claim it's all sanguine in the background. We, we all read a lot into that Fernandes, Ronaldo, that curious exchange they had beforehand. Apparently it was jokey. But uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see that when the heat turns up later in the tournament. But I presume they will get through the group phase. Yeah, and the fact, Keith, that you know Ronaldo was obviously out of the club at the start of that week, we just find, found out at the start of the week, I don't know how long he would have known them for, he might have known them for a little bit longer, but um, it didn't seem to overly distract him, I mean, he's still able to put in a decent performance in that opening game. Oh, well, that's what Ronaldo does, isn't he? He just turns up for big games and he plays. And look, I, I don't think he was great in the game himself, I, I think uh, it's not... It's not something you want as a manager. I know him and Fernando Santos have a great relationship, but I'm sure he would have been pulled to one side and said, this could have been timed a little bit better. It's all about you at the Minnesota. And that's not what you want going into a team because there's some big, big stars in that Portuguese team. When you run through it, you can start finding yourself thinking, these could win the World Cup, but I'm not so sure what it is. But I, I, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it. They have the talent. They have, like, even when you look at the uh, Ruben Diaz and Joe Cancelo in defence, they're two of the best defenders in world football. But you just don't fancy them. And I, I said this before on the podcast. I, uh, as, a, as an analyst, I think Portugal are probably better without Ronaldo. But if I was in that Portuguese team, I would want Ronaldo in the team. Because you, you have to do a lot less to make him a chance. Like with Joe Felix, you feel like you, you've almost got to put it on a play for him or he's going to smash it in from 30 yards and it'll be a worldie. With Ronaldo, you've just got to put some sort of half hours quality into the box and Ronaldo will finish it for you or a penalty and he's great in the air. So he's for me as a player, I'd want him in there. But when you analyze it and break it down, I think it, like even the likes of uh, Bruno Fernandez, I think he comes out with shell a little bit more when Ronaldo's not around, and some of them grow into their into their roles a bit more. But Fernando Santos is not going to drop him. So for me, I think that would probably end up being to the detriment of Portugal. But I, I think they're a couple of they're a couple of blocks short anyway. I think they'll they'll be way off in the end. And in terms of the World Cup so far, now we're coming up to the. I think tomorrow is the last of the really full days with four games. Have you enjoyed it so far? We've had the, obviously a number of nil all draws, but we've also had a couple of shock results as well. So how has it kind of measured up for you uh, thus far? Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Like I say, the uh, you know there was one or two games you're thinking you could get away when not watching, and then all of a sudden the Saudis going to beat Argentina. You think, oh, I'm going to have to watch them all now, and then Costa Rica beat Japan. Japan going to beat Germany. 
somebody somebody upsets a bit, I just probably put Morocco and Belgium into that category as well because I don't think anybody's seen it coming. So yeah, look, I think it's been excellent, and even Spain beating Germany here. Germany are going to be under an awful lot of pressure going into the last day. Mm. And it, you know, my tips as well. My tip was it was England. I know that they've come under a bit of pressure. Wasn't great against the USA a couple of days ago, but they've got four points after two games. Looked really, really good against Iran. And I think Iran proved to be a little bit better than people thought when he played well. So I would credit the English for that as well. So yeah, look, my, my tip is going all right in the race and still has half a chance. Like I say, as you get into that last 16, anything can happen. You know, you just need a, a dodgy penalty decision, a red card, and next thing you know, you've, you've stumbled your way into the next round. You might get a favourable draw. And we'll see what happens. But look, I still think, although I'm back in England, I think the French and the Brazilians are there. But... I just have a feeling that they'll come undone at some point. I, I think the French are fractious. I think it, and when they come under a bit of heat, if you keep Mbappe quiet, I think that's, you know, 90% of their trek on. And yeah, I, ju- I just think it's all with the English players not having, not having to big build them into the three weeks. The media hasn't been on their, on their shoulders as much. It hasn't weighed down too badly. Yeah, and they're going under the radar. I don't think a lot of people I think in England can win it. So for me, yeah, I think the English are just... Uh, Dark enough horses here to maybe go all the way. They're due to collide yeah. in the quarters, the two of them, of course, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a cavalier streak in France, I suppose, which is prevented them winning the Euro last year, where they give you, they do give you a chance. And, and the thing, sorry, kind of the thing about France, I've seen quite a lot of France in the Nations League and, and the likes of Griezmann and, you know, many, many others, uh, so many of them just haven't come to the party. Like they, they were awful. I've seen them against Croatia. They were really, really underwhelming in the Nations League. And now they turned up to the World Cup and they seem to have all just hit form all of a sudden. But for me, that, that catches up with you. you. You don't just turn around like, like a tap every now and then. So for me, when they come under heat and like you say, you come under against a team who's really, really stubborn, don't let you in. The Danes were very good against them. It was only Mbappe pulled her out of fire. You know, there was nobody else really going to... Yeah. Hit the back of the net for the French. So if if you can keep Mbappe quiet, keep Giroud under wraps as well. I think you go a hell of a lot of way to keeping that French team quiet, and they do give you chances. There is a lot of apathy among the big nations about the Nations League. I mean, you see England. I think went six games without without winning in that. Now there's question marks over England's form still, but after Friday, but yeah, there seems to be a problem with the Nations League. We, they don't take it as seriously as us. Those uh, middling uh, nations do. <laughs> and Connor, there was a discussion today on uh, on Sunday Sport about England and have we matured enough to wish them well? You know, our neighbours. Well, that one again. <laughs> yeah. Where Where do you lie? Every on that, second year. <laughs> oh, an equaliser. Germany. I'm yelping like Paul Merson here on Soccer Saturday. Oh, yeah, there's a goal there for Germany. Germany. Where do you stand, Connor? You're the uh, you're the fellow who's building bridges now. Uh, how far do we want them to go? Do we want them to win as our neighbours? Um, now that Wales are gone, well, uh, gone. some people might. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, Keith Keith appears to have a lot of money riding on them, so I mean, he he, <laughs> he, he probably does. I mean, I no, I mean, when push comes to shove, I I find myself not shouting for them, but I'm I'll get over it if they win it. I mean, I don't. I I wouldn't uh, be. I I try not to be obnoxious about it. Um, I. Uh, yeah, um, I found when it got to the juggler last year against Italy, and it came very close to it in uh, in Wembley that you know the, this spirit where people talked about the team being likable and how they they wanted to see them do well that seemed to evaporate the closer it got to 
you know, a real possibility. There was a there was a period there in the Roy Hodgson era when we could be we could we could you know uh, spoof spoof for a bit and say, ah, it wouldn't be bad to see England do well because you know it seemed the prospect of it was very remote as it turned out to be. Uh, whereas you know now uh, under Southgate, since he's kind of re-energized them and given them purpose, it's uh, it's all very real. But uh, I, you know, who was talking on that slot, by the way? Uh, do we do we know? We have a few uh, 70s historians who were trying to make us feel bad, were they? No, it was it was a reporter from the UK. His name is just Peter Peter Smith. Peter Smith, okay. they have from from coming in. He was over in uh, Qatar, and I suppose he was giving a view from over there. Obviously, not. I don't think he's in the office of the UK at the moment, so he was more given the, the 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 side from over there. I don't know what the hype is like in the UK at the moment, but yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, Alan Cawley, Alan Cawley was involved as well. So. Cawley, Cawley is definitely up for England. I'm sure he is. I mean, you have to listen to you listen back on the on the uh, radio player to find out. Connor, I couldn't possibly say. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about you, Keith? Uh, in terms of uh, England doing well, are, are they uh, are they the kind of side that they can do it? Or are they the kind of side you want to see doing it as well? Uh, they definitely have the talent. They could do it. There's, there's huge question marks over certain players like Maguire. You're not sure how he's going to do. He, he seemed to play really well against the USA. He was probably the one the one uh, positive coming out of that game. The game before that, Jude Bellingham, I, I know, I knew he was good before the game. I've seen him in the Champions League, but to go and grab a World Cup game with a scruff of the neck like that, and just excellent, excellent stuff. And I, the one the one criticism I'd have of Southgate so far is probably an obvious one is that I'd play Phil Foden. I, he seems to have this alliance with, with Sterling that, you know, it, it, he's been a great player. He, his stats for England are excellent, but Foden for me is one of the best players in the Premier League right now. He's been outstanding. So I'd love to get him in. And I, I wouldn't mind England winning it. Just I'm not on social media, so that's maybe one of the reasons that I don't get half of the stuff that the, the media are, are lashing out there. But look, I, I'd be quite close with Kieran Trippier, the right back for England. So if he and even Kyle Walker, I played with Kyle at Sheffield United as well. So you know, I, I'd love to be able to send a text and say, "Well done, mate. I can't believe you won the World Cup." You know that that would be excellent for me and for him. And my trips trips grew up in a place in Manchester called Berry, quite. A, quite a walking class area so for, for somebody like that to go on and win the World Cup and you know I seen him when he was at Barnes he then going to Bournemouth then making his moves to Tottenham then going across to Madrid he's, he's had an excellent excellent career and he's a, a really nice guy you know if he was to walk into a room very little ego so yeah look I, I'd love them to do it I, but again you know I don't have social media so I wouldn't get half of the stuff that's getting thrown around by the English media but you know yeah on a personal level I'd love them to do it Let's go! Only I'm the 